Out of doubt, out of dark, to day's rising, he rode singing in the sun, sword unsheathing. Hope he rekindled, and in hope ended, over death, over dread, over doom lifted, out of loss, out of life, unto long glory. Hey there, gang. I'm Danny J. And I'm Joel N. And, and we are. We are what? We are. Keep, keep on talking. Welcome back. Yeah, we're welcome to even, you know? Today we're going to start off with a, an announcement that you're probably tired of hearing by now, but. Guess what? Guess what? Here it is. We got new merch. We've got KOT merch available. Get your KOT shirts. KOT shirts. That's right. You heard us right. And uh, check that out out at out at uh, keep dash on dash Tolkien dash podcast dot t that's t e e m i l l dot com. Yeah, we've got new T-shirt designs coming, and we've got other new merch to come in the future. So go check it out and go represent your favorite Tolkien podcast. And uh, also coming and now, up, yeah. Now that you've sat through that, check this out. This is actually big. I didn't, I didn't see this on the outline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is big news, everyone. So uh, at, make sure you tune in. We are going to be starting shortly our weekly reacts to the Amazon Rings of Power show. Yeah, for every week, every you week, get an episode. You guys thought that KOT was about to be over. Little nope. did you know that it's actually just starting, just beginning. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, we're going to be doing that. We're not quite sure the format yet. Maybe uh, TikTok and uh, uh, YouTube, we're thinking. Yes. So we're likely, doing video. Likely you'll be seeing our lovely faces. Our faces. But you'll be getting that every week. So stay tuned for that. And we'll have more details on that as they come. So today for, like we said earlier, for part two of our season five, we're talking everything Rohan. Rohan. I'm so in love with Rohan now. Yeah, after this whole Rohan series, we've uh, definitely got a deeper appreciation for them as a kingdom and as a people. Is, yeah, is, yeah, exactly. Speaking of people, today's subject for episode 66 is going to be... One of our faves. Everyone's favorite, I hope. I hope. The one and only King Theoden. King of Rohan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, briefly, uh, let's review who King Theoden is. He's uh, the son of Thengel, the 17th king of Rohan, and the last of the second line of kings. And he led the Rohirrim at the Battle of the Hornburg. And he's also famous for leading the you know, famous ride of the Rohirrim during the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Yeah, everybody remembers that shit. So let's start, as always, with a few of his names. So we've got uh, the name everyone knows him by, Theoden, which means king in Old English, actually. We've also got Ednu, which means renewed. And then there is Thengling, which means son of Thengel. There's, of course, King of Rohan, Lord of the Mark, Horsemaster, one of my favorites here, Hanbury Han, shout out, shafted, uh, Father of Horsemen, and uh, also the Renowned, after, and that's more after his death. Becomes known as the Renowned. So just before we get any further, yeah, disclaimer, disclaimer, we, if we're going to talk about Theoden at all, we would be remiss if we did not talk about <laughs> Bernard Hill. Yeah. Where's Bernard Hill's Oscar, man? He fucking chews scenery in all these fucking scenes. I, that he's in. I literally cannot think of Theoden without seeing his face. He he just encompasses Theoden for me. He did yeah. such an amazing job. And he so was good. His, his acting job was just phenomenal. I do genuinely think. That if there were, would have been any acting Oscars given out to the Lord it of the Rings, would have been Bernard Hill. It probably would have been Bernard Hill because he just yeah, fucking he, he, he killed cr- it. He crushed it. He killed it. Opinion. He he made me believe. You know, he was a grieving father, and you know, yeah. all of these things. Totally. And there's a lot of hate for him on the internet. A lot of people hate him, and we just like to say as a podcast, fuck you to those people. We uh, officially <laughs> endorse Bernard Hill as King Theoden. Yes, officially endorsed by KOT Podcast, <laughs> Bernard Hill. So let's get into uh, a little bit about Theoden himself. Theoden was born in Lossernark, Gondor in the Third Age, year 2948, down there in southern Gondor. Yeah, that was something I actually didn't previously know. Sunny southern Gondor. 
Uh, Theoden was the only son of King Thengel of Rohan and Morwen Steelsheen of Lossenark. What a fucking name. Morwen Steelsheen? Yeah. Isn't that fucking cool? That's a Gondorian chick's name if I've ever heard one. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so Morwen was a descendant of the former prince of the fief of Belfalas. So she's from down south in the nice warm sun. Yeah, what a place. I, w- I want to go to southern Gondor. Uh, Theoden also had an older sister, and he had three younger sisters. So some of you may be thinking he only had one sister. And it's it, it, it depends on which account. There's two accounts. One, he only has the one sister, and in other accounts, he had two more. Okay, so one is important one is particularly important that we're going <laughs> to yeah. talk about as well yeah um theoden was born in gondor and spent at least five years of his life there weird enough it's his mom's homeland right yeah and so in the year 2953 when he was five years old this is when his grandfather king fengal died now there's going to be a lot of angles here so yeah this is f like frank fengal frank fengal <laughs> yep so his grandfather was king fengal and he passed away, passing the title of king to his father, Thangal. And I just don't want you guys to get confused here with all these Fangals and Thangals. Also, there's Thingol from the first age. Don't yeah, then there's also the elven king Thingol. Elu Thingol. Elu yeah. Thingol from the first age. So keep them straight at home, guys. Do the yeah. best you can. Do the best. We're not gonna. We're not gonna hold it against you. Yeah, it's fun though. Right? It's fun to navigate. <laughs> So that year, again, in uh, 2953, when his grandfather died, that's the year that the family moved back to Edoras and Rohan. Uh, naturally, I mean, their family's in Gondor right now, and now Theoden's father has to go become king, so they got to go back to Rohan. And yeah. uh, after they go back, uh, Theoden's father, Thingol, rules as king from Metasil, the Golden Hall. Yeah, and in 2963, uh, Theoden, uh, Theoden's youngest, uh, or excuse me, younger sister, she was born. Yeah, this is uh, the sister that you need to know. Yeah, the need-to-know sister. Theoden really loved Theoden particularly, most of all among his sisters. That is, if you go by the account where he had other sisters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, they say it's because uh, Theoden and Theoden shared similar courageous traits. They're, you know, similar. They're very much alike. Nick. While Theoden's father, Thengel, was king of Rohan, the speech of Gondor was actually often used in his father's house. Yeah, and when they say the speech of Gondor, they mean like uh, the common tongue, but spoken in like a fair manner. Yeah, in the uh, what, do you, what would you call that cadence of a uh, in the syntax of uh, Gondorians, right? Yeah, they they talk about it a lot in the book when they describe how Boromir speaks. Yeah, and yeah. Boromir does when he speaks common tongue, he speaks differently than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has like a high manner when he speaks, and mm-hmm. he speaks all very fan. formal. Yeah. yeah, so that that's the kind of tongue that they started using now in Rohan because naturally Theoden and his father lived in Gondor for so long. But not only that, but as a result, that means Theoden spoke Westron, the common tongue, Rohirric, their own ancient tongue, and he spoke some Elvish. He spoke some Sindarin. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't he? He's an educated man. He's from Gondor, and they're all about their, you know, Elvish influence down there. Oh, yeah. They're being elf the, friends. Being of the Dúnedain. Yeah. So let's talk about a guy. Let's talk about a guy from our past named Thorngil. You might remember him. Yeah, so this is when we get into the Thorngil years. The Thorngil years. So in the years 2957 to 2980, this is when a strange man by the name of Thorngil appeared in Rohan out of the wild and served the king at the time in his military. This man was found to be a great leader of men. Just natural. Just natural, dude. And he went by Thorngil. Uh, which means, what again? Eagle of the Star. And at one time or another, Thorngil served both King Thingol of Rohan and Ecthelion II of Gondor. Yeah, so, so that's he, Denethor's daddy. That's, yeah, that's Denethor's dad and Theoden's dad. So Theoden's dad. I knew all your dads. I knew all your dads. I could kick all your dad's asses. Yeah, so there was a time where he was just going around between the kingdoms. And uh, so this was when Theoden was only about 11 years old. That's when the Thorngil was serving his father, Thingol. And... Uh, while we know this mysterious character to be none other than Aragorn, son of Arathorn, yeah, yeah, yeah. they did not know that at the time. Yeah, and check out episodes 25 and 26, our character, uh, Aragorn character profile. Yeah, it's crazy to think about Aragorn was friends with Theoden's dad and... <laughs> yeah, palling around. Yeah, he says that he knows Amor's dad, too. And we have a uh, excerpt here. I do not think your law was made for such a chance, said Aragorn, nor indeed am I a stranger... For I have been in this land before, more than once. 
written with the host of the Rohirrim, though under another name and in another guise. You I have not seen before, for you are young, but I have spoken with Eomund, your father, and Theoden, son of Thangal. Yeah, just kind of proving his age there. Yeah, I'm 87 years old, goddammit. Yeah, so technically Theoden may... He was only 11 when uh, Aragorn was running around as Thorngo, but he may have very well met him. Oh, yeah, totally. That's why I was wondering if they ever had... Um, we were talking about this. I was like, did you ever find in the text if they ever had a uh, conversation about, like, uh, uh, you know, like, hey, remember remember that dude Thorngil? Yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, here Aragorn is saying that he's spoken with Theoden, the son of Thingol, so Aragorn clear, clearly remembers him, but we don't know whether or not Theoden does. I'm not yeah. sure if he ever says. yeah. So moving forward with Theoden's life, uh, as he grew into manhood, he ended up marrying a lovely woman by the name of Elfhild sometime during the 2970s. Yeah, and in 2978, she gave birth to their only child, Theodrid. However, Elfhild actually died in childbirth, leaving only Theoden to raise his newborn son. Yeah, it was pretty tragic. Now, in the year 2980, this is when Theoden was 32 years old and his father, Thingol, died. And this is when Theoden inherits the throne and the, the uh, title of king. Yeah, he was popular amongst his people. He was well known for his skill, kindness, and willingness to be king. Yeah, Theoden, he was really a strong king. During his time as king, he also took up the duties of first marshal. Look at that. Can't be set back. That'd be like if George W. Bush re-enlisted in the Air Force <laughs> after 9-11. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that have been wild? <laughs> That's what this is the equivalent of. Um, but yeah, we got an excerpt about that from Joel here. In the days of Theoden, there was no man appointed to the office of first marshal. He came to the throne as a young man at the age of 32, vigorous and of martial spirit, and a great horseman. If war came, he would himself command the muster of Edoras. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Fuck it. He was skilled with a blade as well as on horseback. Why not? Yeah, his hem his emblem was even like a horse just riding across a green field. So he oh, was yeah. all about hopping on his horse and riding out into action. Let's do it. So Theoden bore the sword Harugrim, which is said to have come from ancient times. Harugrim, what does that mean again? That's a battle friend, right? I believe. So it actually means a very fierce or cruel or savage in, oh, okay. in the Rohirric language. Battle friend is Guthvine, I think. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yep. Getting, getting We're your, learning our Rohirric guys. Learn we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this blade was over 500 years old, so this is a pretty old, renowned blade. And apparently the hilt had like a whole bunch of cool gems in it. It was supposed to be really cool. Hell yeah, I wonder if it was made by the Northmen. That's something that I've got to find out. Or maybe even <laughs> made by the dwarves when they were friendly with the Northmen. What? We've, this is all this. This Tolkien is Tolkieneering all the shit we've learned this fucking run, right, put guys? It, put it into practice, guys. Put it into practice. <laughs> So as king, Theoden was in charge of the marshals, and the first marshal of the mark was a man named Eomund of the Eastfold, who married Theoden's sister, Theoduin. And in 2991, a thousand years after I was born, they gave, <laughs> uh -huh. they gave birth to their son, Eomer. And in 2995, just four years later, they gave birth to their daughter, Eowyn. So these would be... Theoden's niece and nephew. Yeah. In, in uh, 3002, that really, it's really hard not to see that as 2003. That's funny as fuck. 3002? Three, yeah. In 3002, Eomen was killed by orcs, and Theoden grew sick and perished. Yeah. So, unfortunately, within the same year, Eomer and Eowen lost both of their parents, one to illness and one to orcs. Super tragic. Fucking orcs. So the two children, Eomin and Eomer, were adopted by their uncle, King Theoden. And the king was proud to take on his young, younger sister's children, uh, though he was very saddened by Theoden's death. He had loved her very, very much. And the children reminded him of his sister. Yeah, and I, I also would think that, like, he probably wanted to have more children, but his wife died. That too, yeah. So, like, he was like, yeah, more kids, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure he was very happy to take them. And, and I mean, yeah. they're almost like his own children anyway. They're just yeah, such close family. Exactly, yeah. When Theoden's son and nephew came of age, they were both made marshals of the mark. Yeah, Theoden was made second marshal of the mark, and Aomer was made third marshal. Yeah, yeah. At this time, Hama, who we might remember was both the captain of Theoden's household as well as the king's door ward. Yeah, the doorman Hama. The doorman. Hama, the good man. 
And Elfhelm, another name we might know. This is the time when he was the leader of the garrison of Edoras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the year 3014 is when Grima Wormtongue enters the picture. Grima Wormtongue. And is made the king's counselor who would look after the king as he aged. <laughs> yep. So let's get into the uh, the War of the Ring, guys. So let's just delve right into it. How about that? Yeah, so now that Grima Wormtongue is in the picture, that brings us to the weakening of Theoden. Yes. By the time of the War of the Ring, Theoden had been king for nearly 40 friggin' years. Yeah, and in the year 3014, it was noticed that Theoden began aging quite rapidly, and he was frequently ill, despite the people of Rohan being known to lead very long and healthy lives. Yeah, they're supposed to be a hardy race of people. Yeah, but here he is just withering away. So they are descendants of the Northmen of Rovanian yeah. that didn't die of the plague. Yeah. So they have that antibody at least, right? Yeah, they, they're pretty hardy, man. They've had to deal with a lot of shit. What many of the people of Rohan did not know that is that Theoden was under the influence of the wizard Saruman, who was using Grima Wormtongue to manipulate the king's mind. Yeah, this is uh, at the point when the wizard Saruman wished to seize control of Rohan, and he was using Grima to do that. Mm. And we've got an excerpt here. This occurred early in the year 3014, when Theoden was 66. His malady had, may have been due to natural causes, though the Rohirrim commonly live till near or beyond their 80th year. But it may have been induced or increased by the subtle poisons administered by Grima. In any case, Theoden's sense of weakness and dependence on Grima was largely due to the cunning and the skill of this evil counselor's suggestions. It was his policy to bring his chief opponents into discredit with, with uh, Theoden, if possible to get rid of them. It proved impossible to set them at odds with one another. Yeah, so he just really got Theoden just wrapped around his finger. Old Grima. Old Grima. Old Grima used his position to further Saruman's agenda <laughs> of weakening Rohan from within. Yeah, he really did. He, he used his position to great extent to his advantage. Oh, yeah. Just like Rasputin, remember? Just like Rasputin. Just yeah. like Rasputin. We talked about that. At the end of uh, the last, yeah. In the in our last episode about yeah. Grima working. Check, check out our last episode, guys, about yeah. Grima. That, that was a really fun episode. I had so much fun making that episode. So as the years passed, Saruman's grip on Theoden increased. And Grima, Grima was tasked with giving Theoden ill advice in order to weaken his mind further. So at this point, Grima virtually ruled Rohan, though he always pretended to respect the king. And it was always the king's orders. It was right. always, the king wishes this. He signed it this morning. He signed it this morning. Yeah, I remember that shit. <laughs> it's like a squiggle. Like, he, yeah. wouldn't you just like, hold his hand up? Like, right. Yeah, and at this time, Aomer began to realize that something was clearly up here. And uh, he didn't like Grima at all. He'd often disrespect Grima straight to his face. Mm -hmm. But Aomer would never disobey Theoden's orders even if they were influenced by Grima. And we got an excerpt about that. Theoden, before his sickness, had been much loved by all his kin and people, and the loyalty of Theodred and Aomer remained steadfast, even in his apparent dotage. Aomer was not an ambitious man, and his love and respect for Theodred, 13 years older than he, was only second to his love of his foster father. Grima therefore tried to play them one against the other in the mind of Theoden, representing, representing Aomer as ever eager to increase his own authority and to act without consulting the king or his heir. Yeah, some bullshit. Yeah, so he's just trying to essentially like play Aomer and Theoden against each other in, in Theoden's mind. Like, yeah. That's totally not the case at all. Nope. Let's get back to when we... Uh, the return of Theoden... Yeah, when he finally gets out of this fucking... This funk. This funk. We'll call it a funk. This little funk with Grima, this poor guy. And on September 19th, 3018, the wizard Gandalf, he arrives in Edoras. And this is when Grima angrily refused Gandalf an audience with the king. By the next day, Theoden conceded and allowed Gandalf to visit him. Finally, like, I'll listen to what you want. I'll, I'll let him through. However, under the influence of Grima, Theoden completely dismissed Gandalf after the wizard warned that Saruman was ready to attack. He just completely disregarded his advice. Theoden, yeah, just disregards everything he says and tells him to take a horse and get out of here. GTFO. And when in the stables, Gandalf, he chooses uh, Shadowfax of the Muras. 
Yeah, and this really pissed off Theoden due to the fact that the Mieras are traditionally only ridden by the King of the Mark. Indeed. Indeed. And we have an excerpt here about this. Speak not the name of Gandalf loudly in Theoden's ears. He is wroth. For Gandalf took the horse that is, his, that is called Shadowfax, the most precious of all the king's steeds, chief of the Mieras, which only the Lord of the Mark may ride. Seven nights ago Shadowfax returned, but the king's anger is not less. For now the horse is wild and will let no man handle him. Is that a taste of freedom? Of riding with somebody really cute. Really cute. <laughs> so at this time, this is also in war between Saruman and the Rohirrim, acro- uh, and the Rohirrim just erupts across the kingdom. And this is in September of 3018. Saruman frequently sent orcs across the borders of Rohan in an attempt to, compl- to claim land and exert power over the Rohirrim. Yeah, he thought that it was time for Rohan to fall. To just fuck off. It's finally to just, yeah, wipe them off the map. So in February of 3019, Theodred took command of Rohan's forces. Yeah, and Saruman feared Theodred. Legitimately feared him. Yeah, he had the blood of a king, making Saruman fear that he could rise above Isengard. Saruman sent out a force to kill Theodred straight up on February 25th, and it around it happened the Battle of the Fords of Isen. Yeah, and the battle, uh, the, the first battle of the Fords of Isen was just a, a tragic loss. And this is when Theodred is mortally wounded and ultimately dies. Ultimately dies. Erkenbrand rode to tell Theoden the devastating news, but because the king's mind was poisoned, he didn't even listen. Not at all. And on February 27th, Erkenbrand again sends word to the king asking that Theoden send Aomer, fully armed with a force from Edoras, to defend the outer borders of Rohan near Isengard and near the Gap of Rohan because that area had uh, fallen to Sauron. They straight up, yeah, don't control that area anymore. But again, Theoden denies this request due to Grima's advice. Grima's just being a slimy little piece of shit and doing his job. Yep, just like we talked about last week. Aomer obeyed the king and did not ride to the defense, but he did manage to pick up information about the whereabouts of the orcs. Yeah, he then asked King Theoden if he could ride across Rohan to break up communication between them and uh, just break up travel between Isengard and the east because he had a fleeting suspicion that Saruman had allied with Sauron. The two towers, no, no, the no way. The two towers. But again, by the advice of Grima, Theoden denied Aomer's request. Yeah, but this time, Aomer, for the first time, he finally disobeyed Theoden and he went and slew the orcs anyway. And then he was uh, thrown in jail. Yeah, straight up imprisoned. After that. By the order of Grima, but on the guise of that he had yeah, like, betrayed he, the king. He meets the three hunters and then later on that day is th- thrown in jail. Awful. So on March 2nd of 3019, this is when Gandalf returns to Edoras with Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. And this time he is allowed to enter, but they were all forced to be unarmed. Grima did not want Gandalf to challenge him. Using the wizard's staff. But luckily, th- thankfully for, for everyone, our good man Hama was there, the door warden, and he allowed Gandalf to enter the Golden Hall with his staff. Now, way to go, Hama. Yeah, Hama's a good man. He's, he's, he's a real good guy. Gandalf used the power, used his power to, to purge Saruman's hold on Theoden, a la the 1972 movie The Exorcist. Yeah, power of Christ compels you. Power of Christ compels you. It compels you. Compels you. Yeah, and this is when Gandalf reveals himself as Gandalf the White. Woo! We got an excerpt about that for you coming up here. He raised his staff. There was a roll of thunder. The sunlight was blotted out from the eastern windows. The whole hall became suddenly dark as night. The fire faded to sullen embers. Only Gandalf could be seen, standing white and tall before the blackened hearth. In the gloom, they heard the hiss of Wormtongue's voice. Did I not counsel you, Lord, to forbid his staff? The fool Hammer has betrayed us. There was a flash, as if lightning had cloven the roof. Then all was silent. Wormtongue sprawled on his face. Now, Theoden, son of Thengel, will you hearken to me? said Gandalf. Do you ask for help? He lifted his staff and pointed to a high window. There the darkness seemed to clear, and through the opening could be seen, high and far, a patch of shining sky. Not all is dark. Take courage, Lord of the Mark, for better help you will not find. 
No counsel have I to give to those that despair, yet counsel I could give, and words I could speak to you. Will you hear them? They are not for all ears. I bid you come out before your doors and look abroad. Too long have you sat in the shadows and trusted to twisted tales and crooked promptings. Theoden stood tall again, with no cane or walker after that. And he looks suddenly years younger. I think the effect that they use in the Lord of the Rings movie is pretty cool still. It's a really old school effect, but it's, like it, yeah. it was it was just real perfect. subtle. Real, real perfect. Subtle. It was re- done really well. Yeah, and his hair actually did turn blonde again, and many of his wrinkles on his face were worn away. He genuinely looked like a younger man again. And we have a excerpt here about this scene. Lowly, Theoden left his chair. A faint light grew in the hall again. With faltering steps, the old man came down from the dais and paced softly through the hall. They came to the doors, and Gandalf knocked. Open, he cried. The Lord of the Mark comes forth. The doors rolled back, and a keen air came whistling in. A wind was blowing on the hill. Now, Lord, said Gandalf, look upon your land. Breathe the free air again. From the porch on top of the high terrace, they could see beyond the stream the green fields of Rohan fading into distant gray. It is not so dark here, said Theoden. No, said Gandalf, nor does age lie so heavily on your shoulders as some would have you think. Cast aside your prop. From the king's hand, the black staff fell, clattering on the stones. He drew himself up slowly as a man that is stiff from long bending over time over, over some dull toil. Now long and straight he stood, and his eyes were blue as he looked into the opening sky. Dark have been my dreams of late, he said, but I feel as one new awakened. I would now that you had come before, Gandalf, for I fear that already you have come too late, only to see the last days of my house. Not long shall stand the high hall which Brago, son of Aerol, built. Fire shall devour the high seat. What is to be done? Much, said Gandalf. Always coming back with the good advice. Gandalf. Yeah, always there, dude. Much. Much can be done. I mean, Gandalf does go on to elaborate, but uh, we weren't going to quote the whole book for you. Yes. (laughs) Though we want to. (laughs) Though we wish we could, there would totally be copyright issues. (laughs) So after stepping outside onto the front porch and smelling the clean, fresh air, Theoden returns back into the Golden Hall, and this is when Gandalf asks that Eomer, who had been in prison previously, be brought before the king and be freed. And essentially forgiven. And also just wanted to point out in the text, that is where it is called the porch. Remember we had a few weeks ago where we were like, yeah, that... That's right. It is actually called the porch. It's called the front porch, son. the front porch. Let's chill on the front porch, homie. The front porch has a whole new epic meaning now. Yeah. So as we know, Theoden, of course, agrees to release his nephew, Aomer. And uh, this is also when Theoden wields his ancient sword, Herogrim, again for the first time in quite some time. Yeah. He then agreed with Gandalf to confront Saruman in war. Though 70 years old, Theoden wished to lead the Rohirrim forces in battle himself, motherfucker. He's got a fiery spirit, my friends. And at this moment, Theoden then looked down at Grima and pondered to himself, what do we do with this guy? Theoden knew this guy was an evil agent of Saruman, but he didn't know what to do with him, really. What do you do with this gay? He knew Grima was disloyal, but he gave Grima a choice anyway. Yeah, he asked Grima if he would rather leave Edoras immediately or fight with Rohan against Saruman. And what do you think he did? Well, he spit at the king and then ran. Yeah, <laughs> like a little bitch. <laughs> but they let him go. And he didn't like a bunch of people run after him to kill him after that, too. He says not to. He's like, let him take a horse and go. And Just then, let yeah. him go. Elmer's like, if any horse will bear him. <laughs> that's right get Aomer coming in clutch with the response <laughs> with the burn yeah so after this uh, after the pussy runs off uh, they go they move on with their lives and they hold a ceremony for Theodred uh, Theoden's son at last a very solemn scene for him burying yeah. his son his only heir and especially now knowing that he is the end of his line yep so sad third line coming up here we go right. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much going to lead us right up to the next big thing that happens in the life of Theoden, the Battle of Friggin' Helm's Deep, guys. Yeah, everyone loves this one. This is an epic battle. So the same day that Theoden is cured by Gandalf, that's March 2nd, this is when he announces that every man and boy in 
in uh, in Edoras in in Rohan. Yeah. And the entirety of Rohan must soon be armed and ready to fight. Yeah, be ready to fight, y'all. And Theoden then gifts Gandalf Shadowfax. Yeah, he's like, you can just have him. You know what you stole? You can just have it. <laughs> you can just have him. And he gifts Gimli a shield of the Rohirrim to accompany his axe. And also uh, he gives him some mail that was made for him when he was a kid, right? No. No? No. There was no mail that would fit him. And there was no mail that would be oh. practical for a dwarf to wear anyway because dwarf mail is the best. Oh, I see. It actually says that in the text. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, fuck me, damn! I'm so sorry, Joel, with the dwarf facts with out the here. Dwarfing facts, dude. Holy so shit. dwarves are the best at mail, the best at linking rings together. They got the best mail. Just know that. Yeah. Well, we've got an excerpt by Joel coming up for you about this. Gandalf took no armor, but Gimli chose a cap of iron and leather that fitted well upon his round head, and a small shield he also took. It bore the running horse, white upon green, that was the emblem of the house of Eorl. May it keep you well, said Theoden. Gimli bowed. I am proud, Lord of the Mark, to bear your device, he said. Indeed, sooner would I bear a horse than be borne by one. I love my feet better, but maybe I shall come yet where I can stand and fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gimli coming in with the clutch quotes. Theoden at this time also grants Eomer the title of king's heir and decides to to ride with the homies. He's going to ride and lead everybody. Yeah, I mean, after his own son dies, who who better to be heir? Eomer is amazing. Yeah, and he puts the uh, Theoden also uh, puts Eowyn in charge of everything while he's gone because the yeah. people love her. Yeah, he puts her in charge of the uh, safety of the women and children. Yeah, that's actually Hama's idea, isn't it? Yeah, actually, yeah. I believe it's Hammer that suggests God, it. God, Hammer! Hammer's just unsung hero, dog. Unsung hero, man. Unsung no more. Uh, yeah, unsung no more, dog. That guy's awesome. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. Hammer's awesome. Yeah. But so is Eowyn. And if you want to know more about Eowyn, go back and check out our episode 45, the Eowyn character profile. Also a very dope episode. I love that one. A lot of good excerpts in that one. A lot of good ones in that one. By the time that Theoden was ready to leave, he had summoned over 1,000 riders of Rohan to war yeah and as stacked as they could be they were also stoked to have the three hunters and of course gandalf oh yeah and we have an excerpt here about this then suddenly he threw back his gray cloak and cast aside his hat and leaped to horseback he wore no helm nor mail his snowy hair flew free in the wind and his white robes shone dazzling in the sun Behold, the white rider, cried Aragorn, and all took up the words. Our king and the white rider, they shouted, forth Eolingas. The trumpets sounded, the horses reared and neighed, Spears clashed on, a spear clashed on shield. Then the king raised his hand, and with a rush, like the sudden onset of a great wind, the last host of Rohan rode thundering into the west. They had been just leading that fucking awesome host. Hell yeah. So they would meet their enemies at the fortress of Helm's Deep. They figured that would be the strategically best place to hold up and stake out. And Theoden, of course, led his army while riding his mighty horse Snowmane, also one of the Miras, right? Yes. And uh, brandishing his family's ancient sword, Harugrim. That beautiful sword. And on their way to war, a soldier by the name of Carol encounters their company out in the countryside as they're galloping by and gives them the ill news about the the results of the second battle of the fords of eisen yeah because they were thinking about going they were like maybe we should go to the fords that's originally where they were headed yeah yeah and uh, he lets them know that the fords have already been lost to enemy forces and now Erkenbrand was going to Helm's Deep uh, to avoid greater uh, defeat from Saruman. Wasn't Erkenbrand running around like trying to gather people to come back to Helm's Deep with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, they don't know where the fuck he is. Yeah, that was, yeah the ultimate goal was like safety at Helm's Deep. Uh, initially, mm-hmm. yeah, Theoden and them were riding out to the Fords of Eisen to help them out. But mm-hmm. now they're like, oh, Helm's Deep. They got some info. And here's an excerpt about that info. He came, a wary man with a dented helm and cloven shield. Slowly he climbed up from his horse and stood there a while gasping. At length he spoke. <sighs> Is Aomer here? he asked. You come at last, but too late, and with too little strength. Things have gone evilly since Theodred fell. We were driven back yesterday over the Eisen with great loss. Many perished at the crossing. 
Then at night, fresh forces came over the river against our camp. All Isengard must be emptied, and Saruman has armed, has armed the wild men and the herd folk of Dunland beyond the rivers, and these also he loosed upon us. We were overmastered. The shield wall was broken. Erkenbrand of Westfold has drawn off those men he could gather towards the towards his fastness in Helm's Deep. The rest are scattered. So after hearing this bad news, Gandalf suddenly realizes that he has urgent matters to attend to, also known by KOT Podcast as what, Joel? Wizard shit. Wizard shit. He's got a wizard shit to do. He's got wizard shit to do. And he just fucking books it right on out of there. Oh, yeah. He but promises he, to come back, though. Yeah, he does, he does promise to return. We got a quick excerpt about this. Ride, Theoden, he said. Ride to Helm's Deep. Do not go to the Fords of Eisen and do not tarry in the plain. I must leave you for a while. Shadowfax must bear me now on a swift errand. Turning to Aragorn and Aomer and the men of the king's household, he cried, Keep well the Lord of the Mark till I return. Await me at Helm's Gate. Farewell. And he just runs off to do his wizard shit. Wizard shit. Wizard shit. So Thaden does exactly what he's bid, and he continues riding to the Deeping Coombe and on to Helm's Deep. And as they rode, Thaden noticed that the distant villages and farms were burning as a massive dark force approached. They could see this huge army was already moving towards them. Sauron's army was fucking huge. Oh, yeah. And uh, the riders, they soon reached Helm's Deep, and Erkenbrand had not yet arrived. Erkenbrand's nowhere to be found. Theoden, he orders the members of his house to join him in the Hornburg, which was the inner layer of the fortress. Yeah, and the Deeping Wall, that, that was the outer layer, and this is where Aomer and his forces were positioned. At midnight on March 3rd, as rain poured down, Helm's Deep was attacked. Saruman had sent approximately 10,000 orcs, Urukai, Wildmen, and, and Wildmen of Dunlin to assault the fortress. All out. Assault. All and, out assault. And here's an excerpt about that. Brazen trumpet sounded. The enemy surged forward, some against the deeping wall, others against the causeway and the ramp that led up to the Hornburg gates. There the hugest orcs were mustered, and the wild men of the Dunlin fells. A moment they hesitated, and then on they came. The lightning flashed and blazoned upon every helm and shield the ghastly hand of Isengard was seen. They reached the summit of the rock, then drove towards the gates. Deep into the nights, the orcs and the wild men attempt to breach the wall of the Hornburg. Yeah, they eventually use some kind of explosive device that's not specifically described, but something that was devised by Saruman to burst through the walls. Yeah, this is not good here. No, this is slaughter. We've got a quick excerpt about this. Then there was a crash and a flash of flame and smoke. The waters of the deeping stream poured out hissing and foaming. They were choked no longer. A gaping hole was blasted in the wall. A host of dark shapes poured in. Devilry of Saruman, cried Aragorn. They have crept in the culvert again while we talked, and they have lit the fire of Orthanc beneath our feet. Elendil! Elendil! Yeah, this is when some epic shit starts happening. Thaden could not bear to simply watch from above, and he felt the need to take action. Yeah, we got a little mini-zerped here about that. I fret in this prison, said Theoden. If I could have set a spear in rest, riding before my men upon the field, maybe I could have felt again the joy of battle, and so ended. But I serve little purpose here. Yeah, Theoden doesn't like this shit, and he makes a decision. Time for a suicide mission to make a cool exit. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got a cool excerpt about this here. The end will not be long, said the king, but I will not end here, taken like an old badger in a trap. Snowmane and Hasufo and the horses of my guard are in the inner court. When dawn comes, I bid my men sound Helm's horn, and I will ride forth. Will you ride with me then, son of Arathorn? Maybe we shall cleave a road, or make such an end as to be worth a song, if any left to be sing of us to sing of us hereafter. I will ride with you, said Aragorn. Hell yeah. At the very least, we'll go out in glory and maybe they'll even write a song about us. Song or two. Hell yeah. And on March 4th, 
This is when Theoden leads a company of several riders, including Aragorn, to ride out of the Hornburg and down the causeway, potentially to a, a suicide. Yeah, to God knows what. Snowmane trampled orcs while Theoden stabbed at them using Harrogrim. They're having a good time. We got an excerpt about this uh, instance here from Joel. But on the walls, men looked up, listening with wonder, for the echoes did not die. Ever the horn blasts wound on among the hills. Nearer now and louder, they answered one to another, blowing fierce and free. Helm! Helm! the riders shouted. Helm is risen and comes back to war. Helm for Theoden King! And with that shout, the king came. His horse was white as snow. Golden was his shield, and his spear was long. At his right hand was Aragorn, Elendil's heir. Behind him rode the lords of the house of Aeorl the Young. Light sprang in the sky. Night departed. Yeah. Badass, all, yeah, man. dude, with the rising of the sun. Hell yeah. And what else comes with the rising of the sun but Gandalf and Urkenbrand with a host of infantry? Yes. Yeah. So this, this, this is where it gets a little different from the movie because in the movie they're all on horses. They're on horses. And yeah. in the real life they were actually all on foot. Mm-hmm. But together with Theoden's small force and all this infantry, they were able to kill many of the orcs and almost completely surrounded Saruman's forces. Yeah, I love what they also mentioned in the battle, like once the king comes down the causeway, mm-hmm. the people who are defending in the deep where the hole is, yeah, they have like a huge resurgence too. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Because they're like, the king rides, hell the yeah. King. So they like come out of the caves and they push him out of the wall. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking awesome. Helm's Deep is awesome. Helm's Deep is an amazing battle. Not only just like the film version for what it did in film, but also just like the story in the book is just so yeah, fucking badass so great. and cool. So great. And uh, when Gandalf realizes that there's a whole bunch of trees way off in the distance, uh, he realizes that these trees are in fact horns sent here by Treebeard. And he basically allows the remainder of the orcs to retreat yeah. back into the into the trees. He go kind on of, out of the... Yeah, yeah. Go on into the trees, guys. It'll be fine. And uh, this is when the trees devour all the remaining orcs. Yeah, what the fuck, trees? Yeah, what the fuck, man? I, I Still, that terrifies me. Yeah, it's the scariest thing they, they, in Tolkien. They took all yeah. the bodies. They took yeah. all the bodies. That's all you need to know. It was, it's that scary. And thus, the Battle of Helm's Deep was won. Yeah, the battle was won. It was a bloody battle, but a fucking cool battle. Yeah. Metal as shit. But Despite this victory, many important men died, including the door warden, Hama. Hama. Who had been killed in front of the Hornburg. And they chewed at his body as he lay dead there. Hama. Good man, Hama. He's honestly, he's, he's one of those like side characters that you can't help but love. Yeah, Hammer's dope. Hammer, they have him eaten by a wolf Hammer, in the movie. Yeah, and the wolf, he gets like his head bitten off by yeah, a wolf or some shit. His whole face is like bitten He's off. Yeah. That was, that was wrong. That was wrong. Shouldn't have done that, Peter. So after the battle, of course, summon, uh, Theoden summoned an Aore and rode to Dunharrow to, prefer, to prepare for further war. What is an Aore, Joel? Yeah, so just to clarify, an Aore is a term used to describe the full muster of Rohan at any given time. So in Theoden's day, the full Aore of Rohan was counted to be about 100 Aoreds, and a single Aored was uh, 120 soldiers. So altogether, that came to be 12,000 fighting men Yeah, would be the entire Aore. It's basically like all the potential fighters in Rohan at one time. Yeah, at Dunharrow, Theoden met up with Gandalf, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, and they all rode to Isengard in a small company to confront Saruman, that asshole. Finally, we're going to finally confront that piece of shit as he's hiding out in his tower. And we have a uh, excerpt here about this. The king then chose men that were unhurt and had swift horses. And he sent them forth with tidings of the victory into every vale of the mark. And they bore also his summons, bidding all men, young and old, to come in haste to Edoras. There the lord of the mark would hold an assembly of all that could bear arms on the third day after the full moon. To ride with him to Isengard, the king chose Aomer and twenty men of his household. With Gandalf would go Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli. In spite of his hurt, the dwarf would not stay behind. You know Gimli's going along. So uh, as they travel along, this is also when they uh, Theoden meets his first Ent. Yeah, and we got an excerpt about this wild moment. 
Even as he spoke, there came forward out of the trees three strange shapes. As tall as trolls they were, twelve feet or more in height, their strong bodies, stout as young trees, seemed to be clad with raiment or with hide of close-fitting gray and brown. Their limbs were long, and their hands had many fingers, their hair was stiff, and their beards gray-green as moss. They gazed out with solemn eyes, but they were not looking at the riders. Their eyes were bent northwards. Yeah, the Rohirrim seeing a bunch of strange shit all at once. It's pretty funny. A lot of strange things happening, and now they see for the first time these crazy beings that they thought were just fairy tales. Yeah. On March 5th, they reached Isengard, where Saruman was imprisoned in Orthanc. Yeah, and upon arriving at Isengard, Théoden is greeted by the first hobbits he has ever seen. A lot of firsts for Théoden. Yeah, and that, of course, is Merry Brandybuck and Pippin Took, our friends. Merry and Pippin. And inside the circle of Isengard, Gandalf and company approach Orthanc to attempt to talk to Saruman. Saruman attempts to put a spell on Theoden to make him agree to peace with Isengard, and he does this with his voice. With his power of voice. The only power he has left. Only, uh, it's all it. But Theoden is not fooled, of course, being, uh, you know, awesome. It's not It's not at first apparent what Theoden will say when he... His, uh, when Saruman has started talking to them. He stays silent for most of the exchange. But Theoden does ultimately scorn Saruman and says that Rohan will never have peace until Saruman himself hangs at the window with a gibbet. And we've got a fucking awesome quote here about this. We will have peace, said Theoden at last thickly with an effort. Several riders cried out gladly. Theoden held up his hand. Yes, we will have peace, he said now in a clear voice. We will have peace when you and all your works have perished, and the works of your dark master to whom you would deliver us. You are a liar, Saruman, and a corrupter of men's hearts. You hold out your hand to me, and I perceive only a finger of the claw of Mordor, cruel and cold. Even if your war on me was just, as it was not, for were you ten times as wise, you would have no right to rule me and mine for your own profit as you desired. Even so, what will you say of your torches in the Westfold, and the children that lie dead there, and they hewed Hama's body before the gates of the Hornburg after he was dead? When you hang from a gibbet at your window for the sport of your own crows, I will have peace with you and Orthanc. So much for the house of Errol. A lesser son of great sires am I, but I do not need to lick your fingers. Turn elsewhither. I fear your voice has lost its charm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just stick it to him. This is this one of your plies. Gibbets and crows. Gibbets and crows. Yeah, this is when his. Uh, this is when he starts to slip too. It's when Saruman starts really dotard. going down. Does he call him a dotard? He does call movie? him a dotard. Yeah. yeah dotard. <laughs> So this is when Gandalf then breaks the staff of Sa- the staff of Saruman and locks the wizard in his tower with Grima. Sucks to suck. Have fun in there, <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, that's got to suck. Just be- <laughs> like for both of them, like being stuck with Grima sucks. Being stuck with Saruman sucks. Yeah, we got to see a, a sitcom of them living there together. Grima for, and Saruman for a few months. Yeah, <laughs> fun times and all things. Yeah. So when the company returns to Edoras, Theoden is approached by Mary, who bows and offers Theoden his sword. Theoden gladly accepts, making Mary his esquire. Yeah, they become very close, very quickly. Yeah. And uh, here's an excerpt about that. But come now, eat and drink, and let us speak together while we may, and then you shall ride with me. May I? said Mary, surprised and delighted. That would be splendid. He had never felt more grateful for any kindness in words. I am afraid I am only in everyone's way, he stammered. But I should like to do anything I could, you know. I doubt it not, said the king. I have had a good hill pony made ready for you. He will bear you as swift as any horse by the roads that we shall take. There are no great weapon hordes here, lord, answered Aomer. Maybe a light helm might be found to fit him, but we have no mail or sword for one of his stature. I have a sword, said Mary, climbing from his seat and drawing from his black sheath his small bright blade. Filled suddenly with love for this old man, he knelt on one knee and took his hand and kissed it. May I lay the sword of Mariadoc of the Shire on your lap, Theoden King? he cried. Receive my service, if you will. Gladly I will take it, said the king, 
and laying his long old hands upon the brown hair of the hobbit, he blessed him. Rise now, Meriadoc, esquire of Rohan of the house of Meduseld, he said. Take your sword and bear it unto good fortune. As a father you shall be to me, said Mary. For a little while, said Theoden. And this is where you also see that reoccurring theme of the fatherly love. Yeah. That told, he's got a lot of fatherly love to give to people. He really does. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that makes him such a great leader. Just Same. And uh, he also gives Mary his pony, Stibba. Yeah, this is when Mary gets that pony. Yeah. And on March 6th, after Gandalf and Pippin leave for Minas Tirith, Theoden and his army ride back to Dunharrow to prepare for war. Keep on preparing for that big old battle coming our way, because what's up next, guys? The Battle of Pelennor Fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is when we get into the Ride of the Rohirrim. Yeah, yeah. So let's take it back to March 9th. The messenger, Hirgon from Gondor, arrives at Dunharrow with the Red Arrow, a symbol of alliance between Gondor and Rohan. Means time to come fight, buddy. Yeah, time to go help Gondor. But uh, much like Errol the Young, Theoden, he replies so quickly, he actually surprises the uh, Aaron Rider, doesn't he? Yeah, I, lo- I love that shit in the movie, too, when he's like, they, they kind of make it seem like a second he's going to be like, yeah. fuck Gondor. But yeah. And no. then he's like, and Rohan will answer. Most of the Rohirrim. Yeah, he answers very quickly that uh, Rohan's going to answer their call for aid. And then the very next day, Theoden musters all the Rohirrim that he was able to gather so far at Dunharrow. And he had an AORA of about 6,000 strong riders. And this was less than he had originally wished for. And Theoden originally claims that if he had enough time, he might have even been able to get around like 10,000. Sick. Which is pretty insane. We got an excerpt here about this. The Rohirrim had increased since the days of Folkwine, and before the attacks of Saruman in full muster would probably have produced more than 12,000 riders, so that Rohan would not have been denuded so entirely of trained defenders. In the event, owing to losses in the Western War, the hastiness of the muster and the threat from the north and the east... Theoden only led out a host of some 6,000 spears, though it was still the greatest riding of the Rohirrim that was recorded since the coming of Errol. Yeah, so not as much as he had hoped, but it was still the greatest ride since the ride of Errol. Errol the Young? Errol the Young, that's pretty, that's something, man. That's not, that's, that's not nothing. And uh, at this time, also Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, they set up for the Pass of the Dead to gain additional support, slash just die in the caves <laughs> yeah nobody's really sure but this is yeah that's when they split off and go their way through the yeah. paths 30 dunedain rangers legolas gimli and aragorn and elodan and elro here hell yeah that's a badass company i'd take them to the pass of the dead with me so meanwhile this is also when theoden dismisses mary from his service as esquire and this is also when he tells eowyn that she would be taking care of the people while he was gone at battle you know you know rather than her coming to battle But uh, little did Theoden know, but both of these people fully intended to go and uh, not be left behind. And they were so determined that they uh, disguised themselves and rode anyway. Yeah, did it anyway. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, Mary, he didn't disguise himself as much. At one point, he kind of like rolls himself up with the luggage to just kind of look like like a bag. Yeah, To look like a bag, but (laughs) still, yeah, they, they were both determined to go and they went nonetheless. On March 13th, the Rohiric force passed through the Druidan forest, which was inhabited by a group of native men known as the Druidane, or Wozes. Yeah, and these people were led by our good friend Hanbury Han, one of our favorite characters. Yeah, Shafted. Shafted. And Hanbury Han agreed to lead the Rohirrim to a secret pass through the forest to get to the uh, their intended battle ahead. Hanbury Han advised Theoden that the road they were taking was guarded and that they would be blocked and ambushed and fucked. Yeah, so he's like, let me take you to this secret way. We don't like orcs, so we take you secret way. You kill orcs, we're all good. We're all good here. We're friends, you know. So taking Hanbury Han's advice, Theoden and his army reach the Ramas at Kor. That's the outer wall on March 15th. So this is kind of like the border getting into the fields of Pelennor. 
Yeah, Theoden advises his forces to quietly enter the circle, the inner circle of Pelennor, and prepare for a surprise charge at the defense of the city. Yeah, they're, they're not met with any uh, opposition along the way. No. Because the people were waiting little. for them up to get fucked in, yep. the, in the north. They're still waiting like, yeah. any minute now. Yeah, they, total, <laughs> they totally bypassed the ambush, so now yeah. they're just like fucking walking on up. I just like, wait <laughs> for it. They're up there, just wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> so when their forces were finally ready, this is when Theoden has them sound their horns and they make the, their grand arrival to the surprise of all the forces of Mordor. And this is when Theoden held up his sword Harugrim and made the famous speech causing, calling all the riders to arise. And we got an excerpt of that beautiful shit right here. At that sound, the bent shape of the king sprang suddenly erect. Tall and proud he seemed again, and rising in his stirrups, he cried in a loud voice, more clear than any there had ever heard a mortal man achieve before. Arise, arise, riders of Theoden, fell deeds awake, fire and slaughter. Spear shall be shaken, shield shall be splintered. A sword day, a red day, ere the sun rises. Ride now, ride now, ride to Gondor. With that, he seized a great horn from Guthlaf, his banner-bearer, and blew such a blast upon it that it burst asunder. And straightway, all the horns in the host were lifted up in music, and the blowing of the horns of Rohan in that hour was like a storm upon the plain and a thunder in the mountains. Ride now, ride now, ride to Gondor! Ride to Gondor! To Gondor! To Gondor! Yeah, so he sounds the charge, and they just go for it. Death or glory, dude. For death, for glory. Death or glory, just another story. Yeah. So Theoden's first move on the battlefield was to challenge the leader of the Haradrim who rode the great Momakil, the great Oliphant. Yeah, though the chieftain was a tall and strong Seldoran, Theoden managed to kill him, causing the force of the Harad to withdraw to an extent. He was called like the Black Serpent or something, right? Yeah, he yeah. had a cool title. Yeah. So after this small victory, this is when the Witch King of Angmar himself, the leader of the assault on Minas Tirith, this is when he realizes this threat that the Rohirrim now are, and he mounts his fell beast and goes to confront Theoden himself. Yeah. And the Witch King, of course, Sauron's deadliest servant. Check him out in uh, episode 61, the Witch King of Angmar character profile. Yeah, that was a pretty great episode. It was Very seemed, popular. Seemed pretty too. popular, yeah, yeah, actually. And uh, so when the Witch King finally swoops down and confronts Theoden, he, Theoden stands firmly with his sword in hand, but unfortunately is crushed by his horse, Snowman, who had fallen, pierced by an arrow. And we have an excerpt about this tragic scene here. But lo, suddenly in the midst of the glory of the king, his golden shield was dimmed. The new morning was blotted from the sky. Dark fell about him. Horses reared and screamed. Men cast from the saddle lay groveling on the ground. To me, to me, cried Theoden. Up, Aerolingus, fear no darkness. But Snowman went wild with terror and, and stood upon high, fighting with the air. And then, with a great scream, he crashed upon his side. A black dart had pierced him. The king fell beneath him. The great shadow descended like a falling cloud, and behold, it was a winged creature. If bird, then greater than all other birds. It was naked, neither quill nor feather did it bear, and its vast pinions were as webs of hide mounted between horned fingers, and it stank. And upon it sat a, and upon it sat a shape, black-mantled, huge and threatening, a crown of steel he bore, but between rim and robe, naught was there to see, save only a deadly gleam of eyes. The Lord of the Nazgul. Down, down it came, and then, folding its fingers' webs, it gave a croaking cry and settled upon the body of Snowmane, digging in with its claws, stooping its long, naked neck. But Theoden was not utterly forsaken. The knights of his house lay slain about him, yet one stood there still, Durnhelm the Young, faithful beyond fear. And he wept, for he had loved his lord as a father. And who was Durnhelm? But Eowyn, shield maiden of Rohan! Yeah, yeah, yeah! So just as the Witch King's fell beast was about to feast on Theoden's flesh, feast on his flesh, 
This is when Eowyn, disguised as Durnhelm, intercepts the beast and chops off its chops head. Chops its fucking head off, dog. She's just clear with her sword. Just boom. And Eowyn, she kills the Witch King. And if you want to see how she does that, uh, see either, I guess, the Witch King episode or <laughs> or the Eowyn episode. You got yeah. your choices. Witch King, episode 61, or the uh, Eowyn character profile. That's for, uh, episode 45. Life is full of choices, guys. This is one. What will you choose? Unfortunately, it was too late for Theoden, who was already dying. Yeah, his body had unfortunately been crushed under Snowmane. And he was also 71 fucking 74 years old. 71 fucking years old, yeah. So he, at this point, he's pretty much done, unfortunately. And what's even more tragic is that Theoden never found out that it was actually Eowyn who saved him from the Witch King. Yeah. He, he just saw this young Durnhelm guy. Yeah, like, that guy's cool. Yeah, and then, you know, after this all, she falls, and then he falls, and he, he never finds out that it was her. Yeah. Theoden's last words were spoken to Aomer, actually, before he died. And we got an excerpt of that from Joel. Then one of the knights took the king's banner from the hand of Guthlaf, the banner bearer who lay dead, and he lifted it up slowly. Slowly Théoden opened his eyes, seeing the banner he made a sign that it should be given to Aomer. Hail, king of the mark, he said. Ride now to victory. Bid Eowyn farewell. And so he died, and knew not that Eowyn lay near him, and those who stood by wept, crying, Theoden king, Theoden king. Damn, that's sad. But the saddest thing I think about this is poor Guthlaf. We, <laughs> ju- we just... That's right. We, we just met this dude. The banner bearer that's horn uh, Theoden broke, which I'm sure he, you know, he liked that horn. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, you might remember him from a couple excerpts ago. From a couple excerpts and ago, and that's literally the only other time he's mentioned. <laughs> yep, <laughs> is when he's killed. He's mentioned, and he's just killed shortly thereafter. He's yeah. one of those side characters that's like mentioned to be killed. Poor Guthlaf. Poor Guthlaf. Unsung <laughs> hero. Unsung. <laughs> but uh. of course, but so passes. Theoden, Ed knew. On a more serious note, yes. On a more serious note. The passing of Theoden. And we can, yeah, we consider him one of the greatest kings of all time, for sure. One of the greatest. Absolutely. And as we know, the Battle of Pelennor Fields was eventually won by the forces of Gondor and Rohan, granted at an extreme loss of life. There is, there is some crazy casualties. But uh, Theoden's body was ultimately brought inside Minas Tirith and laid near the Tower of Ecthelion. It was closely guarded and honored with Theoden's colors on display, which were green and white. He lay beneath a golden blanket with his sword Harugrim and his shield. And Theoden's body was later taken to a tomb in the hollows until the War of the Ring was over. And it was later put into a coffin to be ready to be transferred over to Rohan eventually. Yeah, and on July 22nd, they held a funeral for Theoden in Minas Tirith. And King Aragorn offered to leave him there in Minas Tirith, in one of the tombs there, where he would be greatly honored. But uh, Aomer made the executive decision to choose to bring his body back to Rohan, which I think was appropriate. I think it's an appropriate choice. Especially considering their tradition of burying them in out the front in out the mounds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, on August 10th, the second funeral was held for Theoden in Rohan, and a glorious feast was held in his honor in Medeseld. Dude, that seems more the right speed. More fitting. Let's that have some fitting. fucking mead, guys. Yeah, I'm sure that must have been a hell of a party. Yeah. And uh, as we know, the king was buried there in Edoras, out front, and this is when Aomer becomes king. First, first of his line. First of the new line, number three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's about the end of the life of Theoden. And we thought it'd be fitting to actually end on the same poem that the episode started with. And this is a poem that was actually, originally it was spoken by Aomer. Out of doubt, out of dark, to the day's rising, he rode singing in the sun, sword unsheathing, hope he rekindled, and in hope ended. Over death, over dread, over doom lifted, out of loss, out of life, on to long glory. Beautiful. Yeah. And that's the story of Theoden Edenu, my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pour one out. Put one up for Theoden. So, so let's, some, let's have some final thoughts on Theoden here. Let's wrap it up in a bow. Yeah. So his life, it was pretty tragic between the loss of yeah. his wife and then uh, the loss of his sister his and sister. brother-in-law and then the loss of his son. 
Yeah. And then just knowing that he is the last of his house. It's a lonely feeling. It, it is It is a very lonely feeling. It was, it was quite tragic, and yet he does so well. Yeah. And we think Theoden is one of the best kings of the Third Age, and honestly, probably one of the best leaders ever. One of the finest. He's just an amazing leader. And one of the things that I love in particular about this dude is he's not only a good king, but he's a good father, like we said earlier in the thing. Yeah. He has very fatherly love to give to people. Mm-hmm. I never had a daddy, if you can tell. <laughs> Yeah, like well, he ha- he's uh, I mean he's a father to Thadred until unfortunately Thadred dies. Mm-hmm. Then he adopts Aomer and Aowen, and then he's a father then, figure to, to Mary. To Mary as well, yeah. And, you know who knows who else? I'm sure he's probably a father figure to Hama too. I'm sure. I'm sure. And of course, we'd be remiss not to again just throw credit out there to Bernard Hill. Come on, yeah, gotta everyone. say it again. Just Give him that Oscar. Just ama- amazing stuff. Ber- Bernard Hill, he is King Theoden. He deserves the Oscar. Deserves it. He has the official Keep on Tolkien Oscar. He has our endorsement. So what do we got next week? Well, next week, guys, is our season finale of season five, and it's going to be episode 67 on Aomer Eodig. And uh, you guys better tune in for this because it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a big, it's going to be a good finale. I'm writing it right now. I'm very confident that it'll be cute. It's going to be a great way to round off our Rohan content. Aomer is an amazing character. He's badass as hell, and he really finishes off the age really well. Oh, yeah. But that's about all we've got for you today, guys. Thanks again for listening. We are KOT Podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes. Go to www.thatwebsite.com slash keeptolkien. Yeah, stay up to date with all of our new episodes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate us and give us a review. Yeah, if you like us. You if know. you like us. And if you don't, you know, move you know, on. Just move along, move sirs. Along. Don't forget to check out our new merch store. That URL again is keep-on-tolkien.com dash podcast dot tmail dot com yeah don't forget to follow us on all your favorite social media uh join our new discord we're particularly active the server name is keep on token podcast there'll be a link in the video description to join and you can also follow us on twitter at kot podcast yeah if you want to follow me i'm at danny j kot don't tweet that much anymore but we'll see and don't forget to follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash official keep on Tolkien. And while you're there, don't forget to join the KOT talk group that's associated with us. You can uh, kind of hang out with other listeners and chat us up and share some fun memes. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at keep on Tolkien podcast. And we'd also like to take this time to throw out a thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to our patrons on Patreon. Thank you, patrons. It is because of you that we can still do this. Yes. And if you feel like uh, doing a uh, subscription to our Patreon, you can cancel at any time. You can set your amount. Yeah, hit us up at www.patreon.com slash KOT podcast. Yeah, the KOT, the podcast, it still comes out of pocket, but your donations help so much for, uh, just helping us subsidize costs and keeping so up with a, a good quality that you expect. So, so and so uh, there's also some content that you can get for subscribing, so that'll be fun as well. New content coming. Yeah, and some people have been asking us about uh, if Patreon really isn't your speed, one-time donations, and uh, we are totally down for that. Shoot us an email or a message on social media, and we will make it happen. One-time donations are awesome, too. Yeah, we love you guys, but that's about all we got for you today. I'm Danny J. And I'm Joel N. And as always, keep, keep on talking. Talkin'. to Solid. Nice. Well done.